I really like talking to young people and, uh, and this intentional contact with them sounded really, really inviting. And so I think maybe you call me a second time in a golf course. And so whether it was because I, my time to hit the ball was coming up or because I was really making a decision, I said, yes, I'd join you. This is a show where we'll explore what it means to retire with purpose. To make a difference, to invest in your family, your community, to live to your full potential and explore abundant opportunities to live with purpose and community. From Garden Spot Communities in New Holland, Pennsylvania, welcome to Purpose in Retirement. Hello, I'm Scott Miller, the Chief Marketing Officer at Garden Spot Communities. And I'm Juanita Fox, the Storyteller. In this season of Purpose in Retirement, we're going to be talking with participants of our Wisdom Course. It includes residents as well as Garden Spot team members um, and students from Elizabethtown College. In this episode, we talk with Don Horning. Don is a future resident of Garden Spot Village. He lives nearby in New Holland, and he's just waiting for an opportunity to move to Garden Spot Village. As a future resident, he participates in events and meets friends for lunch and dinner at our restaurants. One of the opportunities Don had in the last year was to participate in the Wisdom Course. As a future resident, Don had a little bit different perspective on the course. Um, He also made some really good friends, of course, those who were taking the course, um, but also some of the students at Elizabethtown College. In just a moment, we'll talk with Don. Well, thank you, Don, for joining us today. Nice to be here. Yes. So before we get started, Don, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, I was born in New Holland. I spent all of my growing up years in New Holland and Blue Ball, uh, right along Route 23. Lived there, worked in a family business, and and so lived and worked here all of my uh, life, uh, uh, all of my 80 years, I will say. I have two children, uh, four grandchildren. Uh, My wife of 57 years uh, passed away January a year ago, so I'm in a new phase of life, which uh, bears on this conversation we're having today in in, uh, in an unusual way, I think. Uh, Might sound a little insular, the fact that I've lived in one place all my life, but I have experienced uh, a lot of things through business travel and and uh, some pleasure travel and so I've met many many people through the years and I think that they've all influenced me in one way or another. You've been involved with the Wisdom Corps. How did you get involved with that? Well Scott you called me and uh, it was a little (laughs) unexpected call uh, because as you described the course not being a resident here yet on the radar but not a resident yet uh, I had to understand how you were opening this up to the community uh, in, a, in a way that I would have never anticipated. So I was honored to be asked, and of course I was apprehensive in that first call. And I think uh, you described the, the reading and, and the writing we're going to do, and my first take was probably, ah, I got too much to do to, to do that. Then I started to think about the fact that with my wife's passing, I had made a conscious decision to be more open and more uh, revelatory towards what happened to her and and the stage of life I was in. 
part as, as my handling of my, my grief in my new situation. And secondly, because so many people were interested to hear that. And so as I processed that, and after hearing what the course was, was going to be about, I thought, you know, I'm not sure I'd be true to what I was going to do if I wouldn't say yes to this. I really like talking to young people and, uh, and this intentional contact with them sounded really, really inviting. And so I think maybe you call me a second time in a golf course. And so whether it was because I, my time to hit the ball was coming up or because I was really making a decision, I said, yes, I'd join you. <laughs> and we're glad you did. <laughs> Absolutely. So what was the experience like, Don? How would you describe it? Well, it was, it was thought-provoking from the outset. Uh, it, it, the, the fact that it was a prototype, I was very, very uh, open to whatever happens, and whatever happens did happen. We, went, uh, we, we, we would move from what I would call my comfort zone to an area of exploration and then back to comfort zones again. I think, I'm speaking for me, but I think for other classmates, I think we became transparent rather quickly. Uh, maybe unexpected to me that a group of people, now the residents here might have known each other. I certainly didn't know uh, the, the innermost parts of, of all my classmates. So I think we, we were in a period of discovery. I think we're in awe by each other's life experiences. And of course, then, then uh, later on in the course came the, our interaction with the students at uh, E-Town. And it was almost stunning how quickly the students and our class became comfortable with each other. We became at ease with each other. And so in generality, I would say the, the, the course was unique in both the concept that you people had and then the experience as that concept rolled out. Uh, so it was, um, it, uh, it, it was, uh, it's maybe hard to explain unless you were there. <laughs> <laughs> that seems to be the case. We've had yeah. a, a lot of people having a hard time really describing what it was really like. Um, so what did you learn about yourself through the process? Well, at, at, at the risk of being flip, I, I found out wasn't one doesn't die from inter self exposure, uh, so, <laughs> so, uh, because I think maybe maybe the male thing. Uh, I, I I was married for fifty seven years to somebody whose occupation was a therapist, and so I would hear these things from afar. Uh, quick, I will be quick to defend my wife. She she's never uh, analyzed me or friends. Uh, at least not openly, uh, <laughs> but I did. I I, I was finding a, a new, a new, th a new part of me, again because of this decision I had made to be uh, transparent about all that had happened to me over a period of uh, ninety days. Uh, in the end, and um, at the most, maybe five months' time. I also learned that by writing your story, which we had to do as part of this course, writing your story is more focusing than telling it. Uh, I think that we've uh, been discussing that as a group about the writing of the story and the telling of it and what's new when you write it. And I, I do believe that writing it down, which is something, by the way, I, I would have never had an interest in doing just because, I, maybe because I was uh, exposed to 
this kind of thing just with my wife's occupation and 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 being a male you know all that kind of stuff and so that writing it down would have, that wouldn't have been um something that i would have shrunk from but it's just something i wasn't interested in and so of course we became interested in it then i think what what happened through that writing is more than ever before possibly i discovered and knew the role that others played in my life's trajectory and and how things uh, how things rolled out in my life and so um, that was i think uh, some of the things i learned about myself uh, so you had you had mentioned the students at e-town um can you just um, tell us how many students did you interact with and then sort of follow on to that uh, what did you learn about them well this this was fun uh, I I had three students I worked with and and, and they 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 came random uh, I will probably never forget um, the first time we met it's 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 awkward I think um, maybe more for so, so for the students but here you are suddenly in a room with people that you were told are coming. You have no idea what they look like, what they're going to say. We don't, as, as, as the adults, or as, as the seasoned adults looking at these younger people, we have no clue what they're going to think. So we had a, we, we had a little problem. We, I was in the halls of higher learning, but I think it took us three or four takes till we got the, th the group divided properly. And so I had three students that came to me randomly. Uh, the the students that came were the, the, the that wound up being in my pod I'll call them. It was very interesting because one of them was from CV where my grandson had just been uh, was graduated a year before this guy. So I had a common thing right off the bat. Another student from uh, from Ephrata and and she had it turns out that as we talked she had some life circumstances that were something that i could speak into and and then a third student who was just not far over the line in maryland so it was the, the i tell you the geography because right away i was comfortable because it wasn't three students from the other part of the united states who i'd have to learn what they might have gone through as younger adults I learned pretty quickly that first semester freshmen are at once they're expectant and they're and they're and yet they're nervous about their future. That came on really quickly how they they had aspirations and hopes, and then you could see the doubts as you talked to them a little bit, uh, which I thought was 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 um, an interesting thing and maybe something that fit perfectly with what we were, were what we were planning to do. Uh, I they were quick. I think they're quick to determine if if an adult has their best interest at heart. I kind of think their very their antenna is up, and I think they would have been able to. Well, we'd have to ask them this. I did I did meet with them one of them recently, and I asked uh, him about this, uh, and um, it was um, uh, he, we didn't really get into the depths of of what he was thinking. But I think they know right intuitively that, hey, this person is not just here for fun. I think this person could help me. Um, they, we had a, a moment of, of um, levity because they enjoyed immensely demonstrating their social codes and their, and their customs and how they greeted one another and, and, and how they interacted with each other. And they were doing this for a, a group of people who was totally clueless about what was going on, and it was just it was just an enjoyable time, uh, light 
but nevertheless, I think, informative on the whole idea of generations being in contact with one another and understanding each other's position in life. Yeah. So to take that just a little bit further, you talked about what you learned about them. What did you learn from them? Well, I, they, they, they were, this is not news, but they are completely at ease with the digital world that they grew up in. Uh, and so that is a, a divide that you have to, I think, learn how to handle when talking to younger generations. When, when we have people that are, that in my case, 60 years removed from, and so I think that could be something that would be divisive, but I think that, that as, as seniors, we, we do understand how good they are at what they do digitally, and their world is more of a digital world. So how do you take feelings and understandings that we don't quite know the feelings and understandings, and so how you let, keep that from being a divisive factor? So they are completely at ease with that. Uh, I think that, that their conduct in this particular environment that we were in belied the idea that this generation instinctively has no time for elders. I, I, felt, that, I felt that pretty quickly that, that they were maybe inquisitive and uncertain, but also if you could, if it would have been uh, in the animal kingdom, I think their ears perked up. Uh, when you talked, I thought that I saw interest in what we had to say. Uh, maybe not that first time right at the dinner table at E-Town uh, Dining Hall because they, were, they, they all had their face in their food because they had no idea where this was going, and, <laughs> but it really quickly changed. I think, they're, I, think I found out that they're maybe um, attached to my earlier com uh, comment. They're expectant about their degree and their occupation and their place in the world, where it's going to go, but I saw this apprehensiveness. I did think about this uh, as, as time went on that possibly some of these feelings and thoughts we had with incoming freshmen might have been different had we been talking to seniors in their last semester because they may have been more grounded and more, more certain of where they're going. So I think that uh, that the people that put the class together thinking about our Professor Kanegi, Scott, and, and, and the rest of you who put this together, I think probably the interaction with incoming students is slightly different than it would be with outgoing mm -hmm. students. Um, that, that's just an observation on what I might have learned from them. So um, as, you know, as you got to know the students, um, can you tell us a little bit about like how did your relationship with them develop and, and what's it like now? Well, I, being the adult at the dinner table uh, and seeing their kind of, their kind of uncertainness, uh, I quickly, quickly meaning I don't, I didn't allow much dead air because I, I figured we only got a minimum amount of time. So when they didn't start asking me anything and I could tell I mean like I say when I say their faces when they're food it, they that was where, where they were hiding <laughs> and so I started I said well let's here let me tell you who I am and so I gave them a thumbnail of who I was uh, not as much as I gave you at the beginning Juanita but uh, the I did I did give them an idea of who I was and of course we developed this 
this geographical connection. And, and so the, this would have been how it began. Um, as far as contact at this point, I am in contact. I, I try to stay at a distance and let it be their decision whether to be in contact or not. So as Ed, you sort of touched on this a little bit too, like um, you're, you're a future resident, you're on a radar screen, right? And so, so what did it, can you tell us a little bit, what did it mean to you to be involved in this experience as a future resident? My parents were the first people to move into this, or into the, to the apartments. So no one else can say that, they're, that, that their parents were the first residents of a place that now has what, nearly a thousand? A little think, over a thousand. A little over yeah. a thousand. And so I look back on that and, and remember with fondness the fact that they moved in uh, 12 hours before the organization was going to officially open and the, the administrator at the time at five o'clock had to uh, call his wife and, and tell her to bring sleeping bags and some food because he can't leave because there's residents here. So, <laughs> so I, have, I have watched uh, the, the, um, the growing of this organization from day one. Uh, I knew the founders, I knew a number of the people on the board. That doesn't make me special other than the fact that, that I was here, but just because of age, uh, I was here when it was, was happening. And so, so to see this community develop, and then to see something that I did not expect I would see, and that is the intentional connection between the community at large in the New Holland surrounding area and Garden Spot community. What I quickly learned as time went on uh, over the years is that the community, who's vibrant and busy and the pulse of, the, of, the, of what's happening, fits perfectly into, the, into, you have allowed it to fit perfectly into the Garden Spot community. And so that, that is, it's, it's been really interesting to see that at work and, and to see this conscious emphasis at culture. Uh, hard to, it's hard to explain to somebody. I think the, the saying goes, uh, it was used for, by Supreme Court Justice for a completely different thing, which we won't go into, but uh, it's hard to explain, but you know it when you see it. And mm. it's hard to explain the culture of Garden Spot uh, unless you see it. And I think this program, uh, this w wisdom, uh, uh, this wisdom project was a perfect example of that. Um, although I was the one community person into it and I'm kind of got a foot in the door, but uh, it was, it's, I think that taking the bus to E-Town tells you that we're trying, that you're trying to get this, uh, this the Garden Spot Village and its impact in the greater area. As part of the radar screen, how are you experiencing this greater community? Well, it even goes further than the radar screen. Uh, I, will, I will say that uh, I, I am involved with New Holland Area Historical Society, and we do meet, uh, have our meetings here for the benefit of our constituency and the residents of Garden Spot. Uh, I think it's nine months of the year, eight months of the year, once a month. And so there was a natural, there was a, a natural connection there already. Then when you're on the radar, of course, you're invited to many, many things. And they all, anybody who ever uh, utilizes those opportunities is, is completely smitten by them and they want to come back again. And so I think that, that uh, I have not gotten into uh, to everything that's available, but I have I've, I've, uh, taken advantage of, of lots of things. And it becomes, so it becomes almost a natural part 
uh, when you when you look at at speakers, when you look at act activities that are happening, or being a part of uh, uh, the fitness uh, facility or whatever they are, they kind of fall into this cadence of life that, as you're anticipating being here, you're thinking I might as well uh, partake of them. I don't know how that works for people who are moving in from out of the area. That's slightly different, but I would say even if you live out of the area, you should take advantage of some of these things because it makes coming, uh, when you do come, a more natural movement. And uh, friends of mine moved in here last June, and I think um, because of this community, the greater community and the GSV community being integrated as much as they are, I believe they felt at home day one, as near as I can tell. They just, it's just, how do you like it? Oh, we love it. You know, it's just like, well, what do you mean, how do I like it? I mean, we were anticipating this, we couldn't wait, you know? And so uh, I think that that uh, whole, uh, all, all of the things that you make available work towards that same end. And thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you for the opportunity. One of the things Don reflected on during his experience with the Wisdom Course was the impact other people had on his life direction. You know, it's interesting how that impact came full circle for him. He touched a little bit on it in our conversation, but Don has had an impact on the lives of the E-Town College students that he met. He recently told me that one of the young women he met calls occasionally on Sunday afternoons just to get input from him. The PDF for this episode explores the positive impact elders can have on others. It's entitled, How Elders Can Impact Those Around Them. The PDF lists five ways. One, listen. Two, reflect. Three, tell your wisdom story. Four, give direction. And five, speak truth. Scott, before we go, let's not forget our giveaway. If you contact us through our website, gardenspotcommunities.org, and mention the podcast, before December 31st, 2023, we will enter you into a drawing for a hot air balloon ride for two. Thank you for listening to Purpose in Retirement. I'm Scott Miller. And I'm Juanita Fox. Special thanks to Don Horning for joining us for this podcast. Our senior producer and host is Scott Miller. Our co-host is Juanita Fox and our producer is Sharon Sparks.